Justine, and, and we, we are, are the Murder Sisters. Aliza, what are you doing? What noise is this? Know. Okay. Um, so we are back with episode 54. Mm-hmm. We are streaming to you live from Zoom. Not live when you guys hear it because, you know, but last week or our last episode, we did it in person, which is great. Like I love doing it in person, but it's a lot with a baby running around. Yeah. Like I said, we're here with episode 54. And today we're going to be covering the case of Tiffany Valiente, an 18-year-old girl. She had died after being hit by a train on the night of July 12th, 2015 in Mays Landing, New Jersey. And it's like, I think Elisa will get into the whole details of the possible cause of death and stuff and crime scene. It's a mister, it's like a crazy mysterious one, but Mm -hmm. although like, Transit police determine transit. That's a thing to remember. Police mm-hmm. determine that her death was a suicide. There are really strange details surrounding the case that could show otherwise. Like I said, Elisa will dive into that. Tiffany Valiente was the daughter of Stephen and Diane Valiente. Stephen and Diane met in 1989. And at the time, Diane already had two daughters. Her names are... Jessica and Crystal, or were, are, are, yeah, they're, <laughs> yeah, they're here they're uh, from a previous relationship. And so when Diane and Stephen married, they weren't planning on having any more children, but then they both were super excited when Tiffany was born on March 3rd, 1997. Tiffany's parents described her as being bright, beautiful, energetic, happy, nurturing, and athletic. Those close to Tiffany also said that she was very happy-go-lucky. She loved life. You know, one of those people that just like really live life to the fullest every day. Tiffany seemed to have a very promising and bright future ahead of her. And she had actually received a scholarship to play as as a middle starter for Mercy College Volleyball in Dobbs Ferry, New York that fall. Mm -hmm. And so being a freshman starter, I don't know if anyone knows about like college sports, but being going into college and being a freshman and starting like going on a scholarship, first of all, and then being a starter as a freshman is like, that's pretty massive. That tells a lot about her talent. Tiffany originally actually started as a softball player and in high school, she just really grew to love volleyball, which is also amazing that like in high school, she really started dedicating herself to volleyball. And then like, by the time she's about to graduate, she already has a scholarship starting player. I mean, that is like, she's a natural athlete. It sounds like that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Her height of six foot two also made her perfect for the sport. And Tiffany had dreams, you know, besides volleyball, playing volleyball, she had dreams of becoming a police officer and majoring in criminal justice. But she did have a backup plan. And she told her family that if college didn't work out for her, she would then join the Air Force. So it's like she had the volleyball thing going. She had her career choice made as, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. in criminal justice, wanting to be a police officer. And she had a backup plan Mm -hmm. of the Air Force, which is like a huge backup plan. Yeah, she was like ambitious, knew what she wanted to do, knew who she was on the night of July 12th, 2015. 
Tiffany and her parents, along with the rest of their extended family, had attended a graduation party for one of her cousins, who just so happened to live across the street from Tiffany and her parents. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, close family, literally and figuratively, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Ignore that. Well, at the graduation party, Tiffany was happy and had been talking about moving off to college and plans for her mom's upcoming birthday. And after staying at the party for a few hours, Tiffany left around 9 p.m. and then returned to her house right across the street. At around 9.15 p.m. that same night, one of Tiffany's friends made a phone call to Tiffany's mom letting her know that Tiffany had stolen and used her credit card without her permission. It was to the tune of $86. Shortly after the phone call, Diane and Steven returned home to speak to Tiffany. And around that same time, the friend showed up at the Valiente home to confront Tiffany and retrieve her card. Tiffany denied stealing and using the card to her parents and to her friend and her friend eventually left. So there's kind of a confrontation. It sounded like, and Tiffany's like, it wasn't me. And after the friend had left Diane and Tiffany, after the friend had left Diane and Tiffany searched Tiffany's car for the card. And Diane said she had seen Tiffany slip the card into her back pocket And Diane obviously confronted Tiffany. Clearly something's going on. Yeah, yeah. Tiffany finally admitted to her mom that she did, in fact, use her friend's card without her permission. And after learning that information, Diane said that she was going out inside to get her husband so they could discuss the situation with Tiffany. And this actually isn't the first time that Tiffany had stolen money. In fact, she had stolen money from her parents in the past as a way of lashing out at them, according to a therapist. Mm -hmm. Tiffany had seen a therapist along with her mother, Diane, after a teacher had reported seeing injuries on Tiffany's arm that did not look like sports injury to uh, CPS. So the teacher reported, that's a big one. Yeah. To CPS in 2014. Diane. Teachers are mandated reporters. So they have, even if they have a slight inkling. Yeah. It's like you have to, otherwise can you... You know more about this, Elisa. Can you, hmm. like, as a teacher, be held responsible if you do not report and there's something going well, on? Well, yeah, that's what the whole mandated reporter. Wow. You're like, oh, you yeah. are obligated if you think there's any, if you suspect anything, you're supposed to report it and then it's in their hands. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and if, if you're they, wrong, great. That's like best case scenario. The, yeah. Yeah. That's true. But, but it sounds I, like this teacher was doing their job very good job yeah I think that's good that you know and whether they were correct or not so that was in 2014 and Diane Tiffany's mom admitted to punching Tiffany in the arm during an argument and the two entered into counseling to try to overcome their issues the therapist noted that the two had a stable relationship but had trouble communicating And that Tiffany stole from her parents as a way of lashing out at them. So despite having a bright future, Tiffany did have some problems. Everyone has their problems, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, that was kind of going on in her life with her relationship with her mom and was stealing for whatever reason. 
it seems I don't know, but it seems like she had what she needed and it was yeah, like it doesn't it was, seem like it was out of necessity. It was more of it was something else. Yeah, that that's her way of saying I'm pissed off at you. I'm gonna steal from you. Well, lashing out at her and then maybe she was mad at her friend too. And that's what brought that on. Who knows? But um, it's like her rebelling for whatever reason. So getting back to the night of her death, after Diane went inside and got Steven, the two went to the front yard to talk to Tiffany, which is like, why would you go in the outside to talk? Maybe Tiffany was like, I'm not going inside with you. Who knows? But it's airing your dirty laundry out outside. Um, <laughs> so she, they went out to talk to Tiffany about using her friend's card, but Tiffany was gone. And according to dear camera footage, Tiffany was caught on the camera walking down the family driveway at 9.28 p.m. And at 9.29 p.m., Diane and Steven can be seen looking for Tiffany with Tiffany's dog by that same camera. So within one minute, Tiffany had disappeared from her home. And I think this is a perfect place to pass it off to Elisa. Can't wait to hear how this ends. (laughs) So as Justine mentioned, at 9.28 p.m., Tiffany was caught on the deer camera walking down the long driveway of her home. In the image, which we will post on Instagram, Tiffany is looking away from the camera. She's wearing a black T-shirt, some light shorts, a white headband, her hair's up in a bun and she has like new kind of like, are they like Tom shoes or no, they're not Tom's, but they're kind of, they're slip-ins like Bodhi shoes, but like, not oh, okay. Okay. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and those were shoes that she had recently purchased. Okay. With her then, friend. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that matters. And then Justine also mentioned, you could see one minute later, Diane, Steven, and Tiffany's dog Tucker on the driveway looking for her. Diane and Steven said they walked up and down the street looking for Tiffany. And something to keep in mind is that there was still a lot of activity in the area from that cousin's graduation party. Yeah. So it wasn't a quiet, empty street. They were searching for her while a party was going on. There were cars, there were people, there was a lot of activity, you know, and because of that, it made it more difficult to look for her, but it also got the word out that Tiffany was missing. Yeah, that's true. And text messages started coming in to Tiffany's phone from like friends, family saying, are you okay? Please call me. Let me know what's going on. You know, where are you? Yeah. And this is like completely irrelevant or maybe it's not, but there was a unsolved mysteries episode on -hmm. this also that I watched as part of the research. And as it was showing all these text messages come in, one of the contacts that had text Tiffany that night asking what's going on or are you okay was saved under, I ruined her 16th birthday. No way, Elisa. Not sure what that's about. I was like, what? 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 Whoa. Yeah. So that was who the How, That's was really on. crazy that you noticed that. Because I, I was like, I, what is, is I, I watched that same episode. It wasn't for research. It was like just to watch. And so I didn't even notice that at all. Yeah. And really, I will say that episode did leave a lot of stuff out. Which you're going to cover today, right? Yes. Um. Okay. So Tiffany's parents were calling her, leaving her voicemails, asking her to please come home to call them back. 
all of these efforts went unanswered. She never contacted anybody. And after trying to reach Tiffany for about an hour or so, her father, Stephen, was walking again down the driveway, up and down, up and down. And he said he saw something in the grass that was about five to eight feet off the side of the road in front of their home. Mm -hmm. And it was Tiffany's cell phone. Oh, wow. So Stephen was very adamant about the fact that Tiffany never was without her phone. He said she would bring it into the bathroom when she took a shower. It was with her all the time. So he said, as soon as they realized she didn't have her phone, they knew something was very wrong. So Steven then made a phone call to his brother, Michael, letting him know that Tiffany was missing. And he asked his brother to help search for her. So Michael said that he thought to go to their mom's house first, which was a half a mile at the most half a mile from um, Tiffany's home to see if Tiffany might have gone there. And she hadn't. Mm -hmm. And after that, Michael started driving around and he said that something told him to drive down Pomona road. And that was one of the cross street. I'll try to find a map to show where it is in relation to her home. But he said just something told him like drive down here. And after driving down there, he came to the railroad tracks that ran across that road. Mm -hmm. And he said he just saw lights and activity like it was all lit up Mm -hmm. and there was caution tape. And he said there was a Galloway police officer on scene who informed Michael that a female had been struck and killed by a train, but that they weren't part of the investigation since it fell in the jurisdiction of the New Jersey transit police department, the transit that I mentioned earlier, <laughs> Yes. Okay. Um, which is kind of crazy that they have their own police department and they're allowed yeah. to like, just conduct these investigations. Like, like, yeah. 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 So like- after that, Michael located a transit officer and asked him if he had seen a young girl that was six two, very athletic The officer said, no, but we have someone that was struck and killed by the train and we need you to come identify them. Oh my gosh. So I think they already knew obviously that it was her. Yeah. Cause it's like, couldn't say. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, yeah. Her uncle, Michael said he identified her body. What was parts that they showed her not to get too graphic, but he said that he was very glad that his brother was not there with him Yeah, because he said he would never have been able to handle what he had to see that night. Oh, I'm sure. And I'm sure the uncle is like, yeah, for life. Can you even imagine? Yeah. Um, so (sighs) by this time it's around two 30 AM and the transit officer told Michael that he had to go with him to let Stephen and Diana know that Tiffany had been struck and killed by a, a train. Mm. I think that's very odd. Like, we're you have to tell them. Like, yeah, yeah, so yeah. That they, is. So they made the drive to uh, the home of Tiffany and her parents, let her parents know what had happened, and Stephen said that it was like a piece of him just completely died when he found out what oh. had happened. And without hearing or knowing any additional information from transit police, the family read in the newspaper that morning that Tiffany's death had been ruled a suicide. Which is another punch to the gut. Yeah. Yeah. 
And oh my gosh. Yeah. According to the article, it said she was standing on the train tracks and did not move as the train was approaching. Okay. And so keep in mind, the family was not told this information by transit police when they came to notify them of her death. Wow. And it seems like the investigation had a turnaround time of less than 24 hours. I was going to say, how is that already (laughs) made public the next morning? Yeah. You know, like what kind of investigation is that? That's where the rule out homicide and all Mm -hmm. other scenarios. And that's where the next part comes in, which is going to be the civil suits. Okay. So because there seemed to be no investigation, no one communicated with the family. They had no idea what was going on. They read about this in the newspaper and they're like, how oh, did we come to that's that? That's awful. Yeah. I'm, I can smell Nobody a talked to them. Nobody did anything. Diane and Steven were adamant about the fact that Tiffany was not suicidal and that she had many plans coming up, including going to college. Her family said that she was ready for her next big life move and that there was no way that she committed suicide. All Diane and Steven wanted was for a proper investigation into their daughter's death to be completed. Yeah. And they weren't getting that from New Jersey transit police. So they searched elsewhere for help and they ended up finding an attorney named Paul Diamato. Mm-hmm. And they asked him to represent them in filing civil suits against New Jersey transit police department for basically the lack of investigation yeah. into the death, death of Tiffany and for pretty much ignoring all this other evidence that yeah. could prove or point to something else. I actually found the civil suit document online mm-hmm. and basically what it laid out is that New Jersey transit train 4693 had been an unscheduled rescue train that was called to transport passengers from another train you know, take them from one train. And so I don't know if that means that the other train broke down. It sounds like it. That's what it would Mm -hmm. be. And at the time of Tiffany's death, there are approximately 60 people on the train, including passengers and employees. Mm -hmm. And that Tiffany was struck at 11.07 PM on July 12th, 2015 And the train was going approximately 80 miles per hour. Okay. So she left her house at like 930 basically. Yeah. And then, okay. Mm -hmm. And this took place four miles from her home. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. where the train tracks were. Okay. Um, And at the time the train was being operated by a student engineer and a lead was. was supervising. Okay. So she struck at 1107 by 1136. So basically 30 minutes after Tiffany's death, the engineers had made a statement saying they noticed a person on the tracks Mm -hmm. and that the lead engineer instructed the student engineer to blow the horn and hit the emergency brakes. And according to the statement, Tiffany dove in front of the train intentionally Later, while under oath, the lead engineer admitted that his back had been turned and he said he never saw Tiffany. He never saw, like, he didn't see any of it. 
But then, uh, so did he ever tell the student engineer put pull the brake or and honk the horn or did? Well, obviously not. If he didn't see any of it. He oh my gosh! So he like literally made all that up. And <gasps> then also while under oath, he was probably supposed to be watching. He, yeah, the student engineer said that when he was about a quarter mile away, he saw someone in dark clothing crouching on the ground huh. near the tracks. And that as he got closer, the person stood up and dove into the path of the train. Hmm. Uh, the student engineer and another statement <laughs> also said that Tiffany jumped out from the trees and ran across the tracks and that he didn't what? see her until the train was on top of her. And okay. Do they have cameras? No, that? I guess not. Wow. So, that sh it should be a thing. And an important piece of information regarding the tracks was that the tracks were built up. They were like built up by stone. Oh, you know? okay. Um, and that she oh, would have, so they had, aren't flat to the ground. No. And so she would have had to jump 15 to 20 feet from a standing or crouching position, depending on which story oh. it is onto the built up tracks in order to have jumped in front of the that track. like really changes that whole yeah. scenario because I'm imagining it in my head and I'm like oh tracks like we see where they're just flat on the ground mm -hmm. and that, yeah. within that range the 15 to 20 feet away there are trees so Whoa. they couldn't have seen you know yeah it's, it's like, like there's all this weird and then the engineer's initial report which was included in this civil suit said that he did not see the student engineer did not see Tiffany until the train was quote right on top of the trespasser. So Whoa. Tiffany's the trespasser. Yeah. So geez. I feel like that is probably usually the first statement like that in this kind of scenario where you're first stating what happened is usually the closest to the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if that is the case, then that doesn't, that doesn't, how does that fit with suicide? You, if she was standing or whatever, you wouldn't, you would have seen her, you know, mm -hmm. unless they weren't paying attention. I don't know. Well, it's kind of sounds like, first of all, the senior engineer was not paying attention. He admitted that. But also I want to say that this person is probably traumatized oh i'm sure so well that's why i'm shocked that they wouldn't even have cameras because you can't rely on a witness statement for something and like it's that. like split second i know like, that's what i mean it's it's like you're really gonna rely on a person no so you have to rely on evidence which is yeah, like they yeah didn't do that. you're right um so something interesting to know is that when tiffany was killed she was found without shoes, shorts, or a headband. Okay. Her family later located her shoes and headband about two miles from where she had been struck, which is odd because that would mean that she would have had to walk two miles in brush, rocks, leaves, sticks, you know, train tracks. And there was no evidence on the bottom of her feet that she had done that there were no abrasions there were no oh uh, oh so like signs. definitely somebody had to transport her exactly yeah so there were no signs that she walked in those kind of conditions for two miles mm -hmm. um and then some other odd things that came up in this civil suit were that tiffany suffered from nyctophobia which is an extreme or an irrational fear of the night or darkness 
what? And the spot where she was struck was dark as hell. It was well, creepy. Yeah. It looked like a dump site for things. Um, and then also on top of that, there had been a large dark pooling of what appeared to be blood on the train tracks where the initial impact took place. Oh, but of course, New Jersey transit never tested it. But what that could indicate is that she was killed, placed on the train tracks yeah, and had been bleeding for a while enough to cause this pooling, which would um, account for why the conductor or the engineer didn't see her until they were on top of her. Yeah. Yeah. That you know? matches up with that evidence. Yeah. And then another weird thing that the medical examiner examiner indicated was that Tiffany's arms and legs, sorry, this is graphic. Her arms and legs were cut off from the torso. So really logically, the only way they could be cut off like that is if she had been laid across. Yeah. The yep. With her arms hanging down the edges yeah. of the because she was a very tall girl. Yeah. So- Oh my you know, God. if she had jumped in front, it would have been more no. of a yeah, that different kind of thing. Um, so in addition to the weird clothes being her shorts being missing yeah. still, no one found her shorts, her shoes and headband being two miles away. Oh, Tiffany's limbs being cut from her body. There was also a folding knife. Bring up the blo- blood is a, yeah, there was also a folding knife that with the blade that had been broken off that was found near the scene that was also never tested. Uh, What? And there was a retired senior medical investigator named H. Louise Hausman who offered her services up to the family pro bono. Mm -hmm. And she concluded that Tiffany's cause of death was undetermined. Yeah, like you can't say it was suicide. You can't say it was homicide or anything. And then her manner of death, possibly murder, but that her death warrants further investigation. Oh, I see. I see. You can't say suicide. You can't say homicide. You can't say anything. Okay. And then also there were no drugs or alcohol found in Tiffany's system. I think that's also important. Yeah, of Um, course. So into the (laughs) theories, Tiffany's family firmly believes that as Tiffany walked down her driveway, She voluntarily got into a vehicle with people that she knew. Mm -hmm. Once she entered the vehicle, her phone was taken from her, thrown out the car as they pulled away. And at that point, Tiffany knew that she was in trouble Mm -hmm. and that she waited for an opportunity to escape out of the car. Mm -hmm. And when she did, she was chased. They caught up to her and they literally ripped her out of her shoes and dragged her off where they attacked her, killed her and then left her on the train tracks to cover up the attack. Yeah. Um which could have definitely happened within that time frame. It was yeah. like 2 hours basically or a little less. And there was a brief mention of some guys being overheard talking about how they knew Tiffany and they said she was picked up by a guy and two females and that they took her to the train tracks and like stripped her, humiliated her at gunpoint. But those people, like the police talked to them and it supposedly, they were like, we don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. So there isn't, you can't put a whole lot into that story. (laughs) And then, you know, something else to consider is that police spoke to some of her friends and they said that Tiffany seemed very happy on the outside. 
Mm-hmm. However, she was sad and struggling to fit in because approximately six months prior to her death, Tiffany came out as gay. Okay. And she had recently broken up with her girlfriend and it was actually the Friday before she had died. Oh, wow. So I don't, on. but also I don't think that her being sad or going through a breakup yeah. means that she was struggling enough to get her shoes, walk miles and then you take know? her shorts off. And yeah, that just, it doesn't add up. It doesn't add up. I will say there are definitely a ton of unanswered questions and I feel like, a, you know, the family got sh- really screwed on this because there was no investigation. Yeah. There was really no- nothing like no evidence was tested. They told the family, great, if you want to have this evidence tested, go for it. But at that point, the chain of custody had been broken. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like they wanted the family oh, to that pay, is so pay like- a ton of money to have this stuff tested but then it's like, oh, you get it tested and we can't use the results because yep. the chain yeah. of custody was broken. broken. Whoa. Yeah. So that is the case of Tiffany Valiente. So they are, they don't have any, like, are there any updates on like what's being done with it right now? Or is that it? Right. Um, I think that's pretty much it for now. Yeah. Um, if there is anything that comes up, I don't think there's much that can be done at this point, unless something did happen to her and somebody speaks up about it. That's what I'm thinking is if somebody just spills a yeah. tea. Mm-hmm. I mean, I definitely think this case is strange and they botched it completely. So you won't be able to say what happened. Yeah. But I just think like jumping to suicide less than 24 hours after it happened is not good. (laughs) Yeah. Not good at all. Like, you know, that's not an investigation and you're supposed to, like you said at the beginning, you're supposed to initially rule murder out and then, or foul play. Sorry. Mm -hmm. And they never did that. Man. That's awful and very frustrating. And sad. And she was so young. And I know. And she had so all things ahead of her. her and she wanted to like be a police officer and yeah. or the air force, which would also be awesome. And then, yeah, the, yeah uh, awful. Well, another- I mean, clearly she was struggling with stuff, but who yeah. is when you're 18? I mean, yeah. She, yeah. Even it's if like she have- just got caught a couple times. Right. Yeah. <sighs> well, thanks for diving into all that. And yeah. that wraps up our 54th episode so um follow us on instagram murder sisters pod and email us if you have a case idea uh murder sisters pod at gmail.com that's murder sisters pod at gmail.com thank you bye, bye. bye.